This is Westside Unscripted, the podcast where the pastors loosen their ties, throw away their notes, and talk about all things theology and culture. I am Josh Bartels, the assistant to the pastors here at Westside, and I am not joined as usual by our preaching pastor, Peter Montoro. He is out sick this week, and so instead I am going to uh, play a snippet from one of his recent sermons on uh, scripture reading that he preached just a couple weeks ago at the beginning of the year. So if you uh, were in church that Sunday, you will probably have already heard this. Uh, if you listen to the Bible Direction for Life podcast, the sermon podcast of Westside, then you might have already heard this as well. But in this section of the sermon, he gets really practical talking about how to plan your Bible reading, how to plan making a diet of the scriptures a regular part of your daily life. And he, the sermon, the theology that he kind of developed leading up to this was that it is our uh, regular diet of the scriptures that shapes our life. It is that meditating on the word that uh, develops who we are. And this is coming from Psalm 1 and Psalm 2. And the way of life is the way that has been uh, shaped by the word of God. So practically though, in order to shape our, uh, in order for the word to be able to shape our life, in some ways, our life have, has to be shaped around the word. And so how do we practically structure our days so that uh, the scriptures receive that priority and so that they in turn shape our lives to be the kind of people that God intends us to be, the kind of people who are walking on the way of life and not on the way of death. And so without further ado, here is Pastor Peter Montoro. What is the command of scripture? So the command of scripture is that you structure your life around the scriptures so that your heart may be shaped by the scriptures. These are some principles that could help you with that structuring process. So if you don't like the principles that I give you, that's fine. But then it's up to you to come up with some principles so that you can structure your life around the word of God. Because if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, structuring your life around the word of God, that isn't optional. How you do it, we could have some discussion. But that you do it, that is not optional. So I'm going to give you two principles for planning your Bible reading, for planning meditation on the scriptures, and then three principles for prioritizing your Bible reading. So two principles for planning and three principles for prioritizing. Number one, start small. So the two principles are start small and stay hungry. So number one, start small. Often, our grand plans, it's like a diet, right? You, you enter into this diet and it's completely unworkable. You plan you're going to cut everything you enjoy eating all at once out of your diet indefinitely and forever. It's not going to work. And so you do it for three days. And the fourth day you cheat. And the fifth day you make some changes. And by week two or three you've completely given up and you're back where you started, right? If you actually want to restructure what you're putting into your stomach, you're going to have to be realistic. You're going to have to be honest about where you actually are. So if you're not reading the Bible at all on a daily basis, it is not realistic for you to say, in this next year, I'm going to go from zero minutes a day to an hour and a half every day. I'm going to get up an hour and a half earlier every day. That is not going to happen. Unless you're retired and you've just been incredibly and unbelievably lazy and all of a sudden you have a massive dose of willpower and your whole life changes, maybe. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's very, very unlikely. But here's something you could do. You could get up five minutes earlier. You could say, I've not read anything at all, but this year I'm going to read through the New Testament. 
Or you could even say, this year I'm going to read a verse every day. Start somewhere. Be willing to be humble enough to admit the changes you can actually make and then make those changes because small changes now are the best way to lead to greater changes later on and changes you attempt and fail at will lead you to give up and do nothing. And so I would encourage you, start small. If you've never read through any book of the Bible, then commit to reading through one of the Gospels. I'd suggest the Gospel of John in this next year. If you've read through some of the New Testament and you've never read through the New Testament as a whole, then make a plan to read through the New Testament this coming year. As Pastor Scott mentioned, we have the daily Bible reading schedule broken up into Old Testament and New Testament uh, so that there's sort of different ways you can do it. You could read through uh, just the New Testament portion and it's still broken up for you every day. We have those two portions that way uh, for a reason. If you've read through the New Testament, but you've never read through the scriptures in a year, then commit to doing that. And we have it set up so you have a catch-up day. So there's no readings for Sunday, so that if you've gotten behind or something's gotten off track, you can catch up. So we have a Bible reading schedule that you can use. And so wherever you are, be willing to start small, but start somewhere. Don't allow your day to be structured by default. Structure your day around the scriptures. So that's the first principle. The second principle is stay hungry. Once you get a pattern established, the battle is to keep it from being just a routine and nothing more. So let's say you've won that battle. You read the scriptures every morning. You read through the Bible every year. That's good. You haven't arrived because the battle line has just shifted. Now you've established it as a habit. Now the battle is to keep it from being nothing more than a habit. And it should never become something that you just check off your box. And now I've done, I've done my Bible reading thing. And now I can be a good little Christian and move on to thinking about all the things that I really want to be thinking about that are over here. If we are to live lives that are structured by the scriptures, we have to be willing to start small, but we also have to stay hungry. If you've read through the Bible in a year for two or three years in a row, then maybe you should consider reading through the New Testament twice in a year or reading through the whole Bible twice in a year. Or maybe one of the things I'm planning on doing this year is to read through the book of Psalms on a monthly basis. If you do it in the morning and the evening, it really doesn't take that much extra time. But it's something I've never, I've never done through the Psalms 12 times in a year. So I'm going to try to do that uh, this year. It's something to stretch myself a little bit, to do something uh, that I haven't done before. So wherever you're at, don't say, don't rest on your laurels as it were. But think of how could I grow? Perhaps you could spend some time memorizing scripture. And putting it into your heart, that will certainly make meditation a whole lot easier. Perhaps you could try to copy out some verses, maybe that stuck out to you in your reading, uh, and, and those could help you in the process of meditation. Whatever it is, wherever you are, be willing to start small, be willing to make progress a little bit at a time, but continually be concerned to keep making progress. So two principles for planning your Bible reading. And I would encourage you young children, if you, are, if you can read, you can read the Bible. 
even if you can't keep up with the whole daily Bible reading schedule, wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if some of the seven and eight and nine and ten-year-olds of our church would commit to reading through the whole New Testament or reading through the whole Bible? Or if they're strong readers, reading through the Bible more than once, especially the teenagers, you will, as busy as you think your life is, you will never have more time than you have now. Now would be a wonderful time, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, to spend big chunks of time, chunks of time you may never see again in reading and immersing yourselves in the scriptures. Don't be content to just read through the Bible once a year. Now, for many of you, if you're not doing that, then that'd be a wonderful thing if you would do it. But if you're already doing that, then if you're not married, if you don't have children, you don't have all the responsibilities that adults have, then read through the Bible two, three, four, five times a year. It'll reap dividends for the entire rest of your life. And I would exhort and encourage you to do that. It can change and transform your life. So start small, stay hungry. Two principles for planning your Bible reading. Now I'll give you three principles for prioritizing your Bible reading. And they all have to do with your phone. And that is because that is the single biggest obstacle to consistent Bible reading in our day and age. It's not the only obstacle, but it is so much the biggest one that it's the one I'm going to focus on. So three things. Scripture above phone, scripture before phone, scripture after phone. Three simple things. Number one, you should spend more time in the scriptures than you do on social media. It sounds obvious, but it is very seldom done. You should spend more time in the scriptures than you spend randomly browsing the internet on your smartphone or watching videos on YouTube or whatever else it is, checking the sports scores or whatever else it is that you might do on your smartphone, the distraction that has got your attention. You should spend more time in the scriptures than you spend doing that. Simple, but really hard to do. This is the most important one. If you only do one of these three things, do this one. Pick up the word of God before you pick up your smartphone. Once you pick up that phone, it is a, it is a um, brilliant device that is designed to distract you and to absorb your attention. You, most of us, maybe one of you do, but most of us don't have the willpower to spend only the amount of time that we set out to spend when we pick up our phone. It is designed to get our attention and to keep our attention. That's what it's a tool to do. So pick up the scriptures before you pick up your phone. And that means, practically, you need to stop using your smartphone as your alarm clock. Because if it's your alarm clock, then you've already picked it up as soon as you wake up. It's a really practical thing. It's not like a law, but if we're going to actually structure our lives around the word of God, we're going to have to get into the nitty-gritty habits that are shaping our hearts so we can live lives that are structured around the word of God. And I would encourage you, there are lots of apps that are Bible reading apps on your phone. But I would encourage you, don't use them. Pick up a print Bible. If you need a large print Bible, there are large print Bibles. Because chances are, 
Whatever benefit you get, and I acknowledge there are benefits. I have apps on my phone for studying the scriptures, but I don't use them to do my daily devotion because I know once I pick up that phone, I am not going to be able to resist the temptation to check my email or to check my messages or to see whatever else it is that might distract me on my phone. I might pick it up to use it as a dictionary or a lexicon to study some word, but that isn't going to be the only thing that I'm going to see. And even if I resist the temptation, my focus is going to be on resisting the temptation rather than actually studying the word of God. And maybe you are very different from me, but I suspect that most of us have the same struggle. So we need to plan around that struggle so that we actually pick up the Word of God and focus on the Word of God before we're bombarded with the distractions and the emptiness of this present age. Thirdly, Scripture after foam. If you go to sleep and the last thing you've seen is the Twitter wars, then that is going to shape your heart in a significant way. If you're falling asleep and what you have in your mind is whatever it is you've been browsing on your phone right before you fall asleep, first of all, it's going to affect your sleep. You're not going to sleep as well as you should. Second of all, it's going to affect your meditations. The godly meditate on the word of God day and night. And it doesn't have to be that you do an hour of Bible reading in the morning and an hour of Bible reading at night. It could be as simple as this. You do Bible reading in the morning. And you underline a verse. And before you fall asleep, you look at that verse again. Or it could be the other way around. It could be that your main Bible reading time is at night. But before you pick up your phone in the morning, you underlined a verse the night before. And you look at that verse before you start your day. Right? This, is a, this isn't like this law that everybody has to do it in the same way. But if you're going to live a life that is structured by the truth of the word of God in a world that is filled with emptiness, you're going to have to make nitty-gritty practical changes like this. This is what it takes to swim upstream. These are all very simple things. Yet these are the things that transform the pattern of our lives. These are the things that shape our hearts. I'm convinced, this is going to sound maybe a little crazy, but I think it's true. I'm convinced if we could get the majority of the congregation to pick up their Bible before they pick up their phone for the majority of the next year, it would not only transform our congregation, but it would transform our town. If Christians would just spend time in the word of God, our lives would be so radically different that it would start to attract some serious attention. The very fact that something so simple is so difficult to do consistently ought to give you a hint of how important and transformative it actually is. When you sit down to read the word of God, you are doing more than resisting the lazy tendencies of your flesh. You are fighting a spiritual battle against real opposition with real stakes, a battle that can make a real difference in the world in which we live. If we want to be a truly blessed congregation, we need to structure our lives and our days around the word of God, both individually and corporately. We need to make the scriptures the first thing we pick up in the morning and the last thing we think about before we fall asleep. 
We need to teach them diligently to our children to talk of them when we sit in our house and when we walk in the way, when we lie down and when we stand up. We need to live lives that are saturated in the word of God. We need to be a community and a people whose lives are structured around the word of God so that our hearts may be shaped by the word of God so that we may shine as lights in this dark and dying world. If we are to stand through the storm, if we are to continue to flourish as the wicked continue to rage, we must become a people, a community that is saturated with the scriptures at every level, daily delighting in them and constantly meditating on them. Over the course of the past few minutes, we have considered three things. Two introductory psalms, one focused on the blessedness of those who trust in the Lord and the other focused on the folly of those who rebel against him. Two ultimate paths, one that leads to life and one that leads to death. And two fundamental patterns of life, one that is shaped by the truth of God's word and one that is shaped by the emptiness of this present age. So as we draw to a close this morning, what about you? Two questions. Number one, what ultimate path are you on? Are you on the path that leads to life or are you on the path that leads to death? Here's how you can know. Have you put your trust in the Son? Have you submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Have you repented of your sins and clung to Jesus as your only hope of salvation? If you have, you're on the path to life. If you haven't, you're still on the path to death and you urgently need to change direction. You need to believe the good news. And if you have questions about what it might look like for you to believe the good news, for you to receive the gift of salvation, talk to one of us, one of the pastors, anyone you've seen on the platform after the service. We'd be delighted to share the good news of Jesus Christ with you. If you have believed the good news, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, what pattern of life are you following? Tell me what's structuring your day, and I'll tell you what's shaping your heart over the long run. As we begin this new year, may we be a people whose days are structured and whose hearts are shaped by constant meditation, not on emptiness, but on the life-giving Word of God. Thank you for listening to this snippet from Pastor Peter's sermon. I hope that that has been a help to you in planning out your uh, Bible reading for the year and that you would uh, take some of those lessons that uh, were taught there and apply them to your own personal Bible reading schedule. If you have questions for Pastor Peter of a theological or cultural nature or how to apply the Bible to our life, something along those lines, we'd love to hear those questions so that I can add them to the queue and we can ask Pastor Peter in in, uh, the weeks to come as he uh, recovers from illness and gets back with us. So you can send those to josh at bibledirectionforlife.com or you can pass them on to me at church sometime. Uh, Otherwise, we will be back with you, God willing, next week with another episode of Westside Unscripted.